Welcome and we're live, episode 22 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with my dear friend, James Kent. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. You are more than welcome. Today, we're going to cover your story from IFBB Pro to a multi-seven-figure business owner. Cue the intro. Welcome to the Fitness Business Growth Podcast, a podcast run by gym owners for gym owners. My name is Mitch, and along with Jamie, we are your hosts, and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing, to lead generation, to sales, to retention, to staff, and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following episode, and we will speak with you soon. Mate, we're back. How are you? Good. The, the Mitch's voice is very dreamy, isn't it? On that intro, it's, it's, it's exactly what Brooke said. Just very, very monotone. Mate, his tonality on a sales call is so good; it doesn't change. Pressure, card details, price, objections—just just the exact same. Boy. Cool. Well, mate, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Well, mate, we're going to discuss your journey from IFBB Pro to who you are today, multi-seven-figure business owner, and have just started a brand new venture. But, mate, we were together maybe two months ago in Noosa, hiking a mountain, and I said to you, and I still believe this is true, I think you are the longest online coach in Australian history. It's like the nicest way ever of saying you're getting old, James. Well, it's also a massive, massive compliment, mate, because we are in the industry of flashing the pants. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Like, I've been doing this now. Like, when I coached my first client actually in high school, and then um, coached my second one when I was like, first, like, actual online person. I think I would have been just 18. So that's over, that's 12 years now I've been doing this. And it's like, it's a long time in the game. There aren't many people who've done that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I literally like. I, I remember seeing your ads maybe in 2014. It was you with your shirt off with like a bowl of spinach. I thought, who the hell is this guy on my feed? That ad crushed it, man. That ad with that that photo, we we made millions on that. <laughs> I can imagine. I um, when it was your birthday, and I posted a video of me and you um, in our gym doing that horrible assault bike workout. Had a friend reach out and go, Jamie, like, how do you know that guy? Like, I always see his face on my fucking Facebook profile. I'm like, oh yeah, it's James, it's a nice guy. <laughs> he has racked up quite a few million impressions though. Just a few. I think we've we've hit like every male in Australia like five or ten times over by now. Jeez, like that frequency score is getting up there. Well, mate, today I think we should cover all like how we met in the first place and then mm -hmm. just go from your journey from IFBB Pro to where you are today. So in 2018, I was six months before my 30th birthday. I was fat, eating too much gluten, too much dairy, and I thought the man with the spinach bowl has the answers. And I did. We got you shredded. Jack. Shredded. I'm going to um, cut this up and add that picture in because that is the picture that I'm going to show to my kids because I don't look like that anymore, I'm afraid, James, but I'm getting back there. Dude, you got legit, like properly lean. That was fun. And then after yeah. that, we just and the, you know, the thing I liked about you, man, is that you were always no bullshit. Like you can tell the difference between people who are going to be, who are good to hang around, who are successful. Like I have a very, people would say I'm a bit of a prick, right? Or I'd say I have high standards of friends and who I'm going to hang around, right? And I remember like we, our chats every single week were very, every week you did exactly what you needed to do. 
every week you got everything dialed in and you didn't just do that in your health, but also in your business. Hence why you guys crush it in everything that you ever do with business. Mate, if we're going to talk about mental, if we're going to talk about mentors and accountability, that's 10 other podcasts we can can go on to, but why it's so important. But period point blank, you being a prick, I would say it's a different way. I would say it is an enormous amount of confidence and confidence comes from conviction and just knowing that you're an amazing coach, you're an amazing business owner, amazing father, amazing husband. And if someone's confident and you don't like that, maybe you should ask yourself, well, hang on, like, why is that guy so confident and I am lacking confidence? Totally. Mate, believe me, I'm not going to be changing the confidence like ever. It's not staying. The, the, the more people who think I'm a prick, the better. <laughs> I, made a bit, I made a bit of a promo reel for this podcast, mate. It was about your authenticity and you're just just brutal honesty. And uh, when we started fitness business consulting, our whole thing was, man, we were just sick of the fake gurus. We're sick of the fake advice that the coach is saying it's easy to get shredded. It's not. The coach is saying it's easy to grow a business. It's not. And sometimes you need a good friend to say, hey, like you're getting fat. <laughs> like, like you should probably call your leads. Yeah, 100%. Is this leading into how I called you fat the other week? Yeah. <laughs> I was very fortunate last year to work with AP and AG, legends, mutual friends of ours, the legit, legit, legit of business owners in Australia. And uh, I was doing about 50 hours a week of calls and I tore my meniscus in my knee. So my step count was about 2,000. Uh, My call volume was very high. My stress was pretty high and I did put on a little bit of weight. But like a good friend, James said, geez, Jamie, like you're getting fucking fat. So yeah, like yeah, I'm really enjoying my time in Noosa, but yeah, yeah. But since then, I've lost seven kilos. Yeah, you're crushing it. Back to being sure again. Well, mate, let's cover your journey, IFBB Pro. Uh, I think I know most of your story, but I'd love to learn how did you first step foot into a gym? How did you get into bodybuilding? And how has that process uh, progress over the last couple of years? It's it happened. I first set foot in the gym because I was always small when I was playing footy, right? So I was always littler than all the other guys. There's a I was I was quite young for my year and born in December. So generally people were, you know, uh, quite a lot older than me, you know, six months to a year type older than me for for all the guys that I was playing with, Um, sometimes more. And um, yeah, I was just always really small. And I thought, well, if I keep getting bashed on the footy field and there's not much I can do about it, like I'm fast, I'm skilled, but I'm just small. Well, I'm just going to get big then. And so I started training and started going to the gym. And then I had terrible chat with women and all of a sudden, (laughs) Started and I still do, you know. So full yeah, term, my yeah. wife will say that I still have terrible chat. Um, but uh, but you know, I figured that getting jacked will it made things easier, and it did. It it really worked. Like my advice to every sixteen year old or fifteen year old boy is just get big because yeah. you you can be an ogre and you'll still be able to get some women of some sort, right? Why do you say that, mate? I can pitch two nine nine seven over the phone without blinking an eyelid. When I was sixteen, oh, do you come here much? I was trying to focus. <laughs> Yeah, man, I would hate to look at my old MSN chat. That'd be awful. Yeah. I forgot about MSN uh, and my, my space. I had four top friends. You know. one, of them, one of them was Mitch. Three of them were women. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, three <laughs> women. I didn't have any. So you, you're, you're already ahead of me. But, um, yeah, but yeah, man, so I started I started lifting back then. And then eventually, um, final year of, of footy in high school, year 12, blew my left knee, then blew my right knee. So I blew my, uh, blew my left knee, came back, then blew my right knee. And so, all right, well, that's footy career done. That's not going anywhere. Um, and so I th- said, well, you know, what next? What do I do now with my time? I was like, fuck it, I'll get big. And so I started getting shredded and jacked for schoolies. 
um, which hilariously also didn't take part because I actually got alcohol poisoning the week before schoolies. So I finished my exams bended hard and then mm. ended up with a very, very grumpy liver. And so that actually fed onto, okay, well, you know, I, I can't drink now in my, you know, the, the year 12 break, like that after school break where everyone goes and gets loose for the next how many months. I was like, I can't drink. So what am I going to do? All right, fuck it. I'll get big. And so then I started lifting and I actually got noticed by someone in the gym and a bloke called Jason Catlett, really nice guy. And he, um, he, he got me to go and do like a, a men's health, like cover search thing. And I ended up doing okay with that. I can't remember where it went. I didn't win it, but I got pretty close. And then someone else picked me up. So a chick by the name of Jess Murphy, absolute legend of a woman. Um, she and a bloke called Rawdon Dubois picked me up and said, you should do bodybuilding. And it was pretty funny. I was like, there's no fucking way you're getting me in a G-string on stage, right? There is no way. Like, think of me. I'm a meathead footy player, right? There's no way. Like, you know, all the homophobic stuff that you say back then, you say it. It's like, oh, it's gay, all that sort of stuff. And then yeah. ended up pushing through with it. And it turned out, yes, there are a number of guys who are gay doing it, but they're pretty cool. And then also <laughs> bodybuilding is pretty wicked in itself. And so I started competing in, in bodybuilding and, you know, won. Like I won a lot and ended up turning pro. And uh, and that's where things, you know, got really fun for me. Now, IFBB is the legit federation that is the federation that governs Mr. Olympia. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the real one. Like there's everyone yeah, these yeah. days is a pro bodybuilder or a pro fitness model because <laughs> they just start up a company and say, yeah, this is your pro now. But this is like, there's two that are legit, IFBB and WBFF. The rest of them is not real. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, IFBB is the biggest by a long, long way. Long way. Yeah. So for, first IFBB in Australia must have been chuffed. Did you have Olympia aspirations at that point? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, big time. And I was very close to getting to Olympia, um, which is, you know, the biggest bodybuilding event in the world. Uh, it was cool. It was, I was steroid free and I was like 20, I think it was. Um, so, and to be like one of the best in the world at that age was pretty cool. And then unfortunately I got really sick, um, got pushed, burned the candle at both ends. Uh, I had a business that was pumping and I was finishing off my degree and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I, I just burnt out pretty much, got really depressed um, got hectic digestive issues, really bad anxiety too. It was just awful. It's just a really shit time. Yeah. And was it the pressure of the bodybuilding and the business or just everything in general just became too much, too overwhelming at that point? Uh, I just say James was being a dickhead because I was <laughs> training six hours a day, right? Training six hours a day, nonstop. And I did that for about a year. And now I was training all that time. Everyone was telling me to slow down and I was like, nah, fuck you. I'm invincible. I'll beat you all. Uh, I was still studying and then I was still working. So I pretty much figured out, it's like, how do I sleep the least amount every night? And funnily enough, working 18 hours a day and doing all that stuff, 18 plus hours a day and trying to sleep four hours a night or less and eating lots of modafinil, like stimulants, like dexamphetamines, like ADHD drugs, stuff like that, narcolepsy drugs, doing that doesn't end well. You know, funnily enough, as you anyone with sanity would have been able to predict. But yeah, I didn't know that at the time for some reason and just went down that path and charged straight into burnout. So you're the youngest IFBB pro. You have Facebook, you have Instagram. They both start growing. And from my understanding is you didn't actually want to be a coach. People just said, hey, can you help me? Is, is that correct? Yeah. Like, so my thing is, and I, I still believe this to this day, if you're really fucking good at what you do, uh, people will knock on your doors to work with you. I mean, look at what you guys are doing with your business. And like, I don't know how much we, we want to talk about this, but your business is just exploding and everyone wants to work with you. Why? Well, I took, this I took is really fucking good. 
and I took your advice, mate. I turned some clients down. We only want to work with cool people. <laughs> yeah, so much more fun. So much more fun. Yeah. It's shitty clients. Like, like, you know those clients who are like, oh, I only want to spend $50 a week on ads. Like, get out. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, I have no time for like small thinking whatsoever. You only want to work with the funnest people. So that's interesting, mate. You, you, you fully, like back then you were like IFBB pro, you knew your stuff worked and you, you're a product guy over a sales and marketing guy. That's, that's fair to say. Yeah, 100%. And, and how far did the product take you before you thought, okay, well, mate, I, I can make a business out of this? Yeah, so product took me to five grand a week, um, maybe a bit more. Product and organic marketing. Here's the thing about organic, right? Everyone talks about organic marketing as this one, and you'll agree with this, right? Everyone talks about organic marketing as this wonderful thing because you don't have to pay for it. Mate, how many times a day are you going to post, right? How many, how many posts do you want to write? How many videos do you want to film, you know? And, and it's diminishing, you know? Uh, mate, I don't know if you looked at my profile before this podcast. I fucking hate organic marketing. I hate it with a passion so much. And does it work? Yes. Is it the most effective way? Absolutely fucking not. And it is like... If you're broke, right, if you're broke and you're on the bare of your ass, you don't have money for ads, hell yeah. Um, You know, organic can be really good. And it started my business. I'm not going to say that. But the thing that made me millions is paid, right? And there's a very big difference. Like working on organic and just having a good product will get you, you know, if you're really good, you can make six figures a year. If you're an internationally known profile, it can make you millions, but for a regular Joe, I never wanted to be a celebrity. I don't like the celebrity stuff. I don't want to be recognized when I go down the street. Like, I just don't like that stuff. It's just not who I am, um, which might sound funny for a dude with as many followers and stuff as what I have. Um, but I, I don't actually like it that much. I think that the paid route is by far the best option, like by a country mile. I love your opinion on this because I am, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't like the word anti-organic. I, I just know there's a better way. In 2023, zero followers with everyone doing the same thing, adding people on Facebook, getting them into a group. Is organic going to be as effective in 2023 as it was when you first started in 2013? Dude, we used to put up a post. Hi, who would like online personal training? And we get leads, right? People would just flood in. Whereas now, the, the effort that you have to go to is immense. And for now... Um, because there is so much content, people are banner blind to this. There's so much content out there. You're scrambling for someone's attention. What you need is a good offer, right? A really good offer with a good hook and you need to get them into a good sales process because it's all so quick, right? Everyone's attention. Organic does have a cost. It has a cost of your time. It has a cost of opportunity cost, which is a massive thing. And what I've discovered, look at this beautiful banner, mate. Look at my beautiful reels. To compete organically with content, the cost to produce content is only going to get higher and higher and higher and higher. I've got two VAs that do all of my content because it's 2023 and we have to transition every three fucking seconds. <laughs> or as as AG says, one of my heroes, push the money button. Yeah. I fucking love the money button. Yeah, I'm not going to say don't build a brand. Definitely don't. But if you are looking, in my opinion, and from what I've seen from working in the businesses that I've worked in, and, and, and I've, I've seen quite a few businesses, particularly in the coaching industry, in the coaching space, um, for your first up to about 5 million, just go, oh, look, for your first 10K, you know, first 10K a month, 100 grand a year, you can do organic, right? You can get there and, and you, you should get there all right if you're good at posting that stuff. 
But really, the thing that's going to get you to seven figures, like mid seven figures, is direct marketing, like direct response, running paid ads. And then afterwards, when you probably start getting two, three million, you need to be focusing on brand and all that sort of stuff. And then it comes back. But this big chunk in the middle, which most people just want to get to a million, right? I remember that's what I wanted to get to. Just get to a million. It'd be great. All your life's problems will be solved when you hit a million, right? And so you get to this million uh, and, and you need to, to, to be running paid ads unless you're a massive celebrity, unless you're bloody, I don't know, uh, who's famous these days? I don't watch much much TV. Chris Bumstead yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest loser people like that. They, they're the, they're the ones that can get to yeah. that. That's my argument against organic in 2023. Like I can reach out to Chris Bumstead and buy his bodybuilding program. So why would I reach out to Joe Schmo, who's got 200 followers, unless they're they're going through problem awareness and they're speaking? I I, I just, I, yeah, I, I just one thing that that I, I was in systems by design. One of the best things AJ ever said to me it stuck with me forever. You're literally better off doing a one-on-one -on -one personal training session, earning a hundred bucks an hour, getting better at your craft, becoming an amazing coach, working on your product, and then put $20 of that 100 into ads. Mm. And if you do that every single day for one month, two months, three months, you are going to master paid ads. You will have a paid acquisition funnel. Yeah. And the thing is like people are binary, mate. You know this, it's either organic or paid. Do both. But understand yep. that the majority of people, like James Kent in Australia, millions of dollars, the majority of your business has come through paid after a certain point. Yeah, and the organic helps. Like I still post stuff that I like doing. So like I, like I fucking, I, I hate posting content. Like I really just don't like it. But I love doing this stuff. Like I love conversations. So when you're doing your organic, do a podcast. Go and do a live coaching call. So twice a week, 8 a.m., Monday and Friday, I go and run a coaching call with a bunch of my clients right? And, and, you know, with them, I'll stream that live. And so that's part of my content. And I, and I like doing that. But most, you can you imagine me dancing on TikTok? Can you imagine me being one of those people? <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck that. That's the worst thing in the whole entire world. I couldn't think of anything worse. I hate that. Well, one thing that the question I always ask people that come to me and want to do organic and I turn them away is like, do you want to be that fucking person? Do you want to be that guy who's always fucking sliding into the DM, making offer after offer after the offer? And I always think about my days playing AFL and your days playing rugby. Imagine if you were that guy in real life at the footy club. Like you you just finished AFL, you won by two goals, it's exciting. Go to the barbecue. Hey, mate, thanks for the sausage sandwich. By the way, seven-day free trial. <laughs> yeah. Like, Do you want to be that person? And is that the type of brand that you want to build? It's awful. Some people do it and some people can do it well. Um, it's just very rare. Very rare. Yeah. Particularly in the gym game too. In the gym game. I'm going online, some guys do it well. There's a bloke called Brian Mark who does online. He does quite well out of a lot of that stuff. But it is draining and it's very, very short term. They all burn out. All those guys who yeah. do that. You just get sick of it. So, mate, you throw around some big numbers then. I've made millions of dollars. That is very, very hard for someone on my profile to hear that he's struggling to make five to 10K a month. Because that is the reality for most coaches. So 2023, you currently have just gone online. You've just opened a gym. You've just started your fitness business. What do you recommend is the number one or two or three things for that person to focus on? Yeah, pay Jamie. That's the first thing. Get someone else to do it for you. Don't do it. Like you're an expert at your craft. Um, if you're listening to this and you're not at a million dollars a year, I hate to break it to you, but you are not currently a master of marketing or sales. You're not. You can learn it and you can become that. It's going to take you years. 
I've been studying marketing and sales now for coming up to a decade. When we're looking at the online space, if we're looking in the gym space, if we're looking in anything in this in this industry, it's hyper competitive. That means you're competing against me. That means you're competing against Jamie. You're competing against the gym next door. You're competing against all these guys. The only way that you win is you outcompete them and you need to be better than them. Let's be real. Do you really think that your marketing and your sales is going to be better than mine? I've been doing this for 10 years, right? Of course not. You're a rookie. You're new. And there's no shame in that. I was a rookie too once and I hired people to go run my ads for me. The first 10K week that I ever did was because of a bloke called Kim Barrett who's based over in, in Western Australia. You know, he, he, was the, he was the first person to help me with that stuff. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, that, that's how I got there. You go and you find someone who's already done it. Drop that. Dude, you know what I hear? And, and this is, it doesn't, it doesn't annoy me, but I feel like I want to slap people when they, when they say this. They say, I just want to figure it out by myself. It's like, okay, oh. so you want to lose. So you want to lose. Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Right? You want to lose. Right? You want to be so, shit. So let's back to, back to Kim Barrett. I love his content. I think he's got a podcast, Your Social Voice. It's really good. I've actually seen a few episodes. Is that on the Mogul Mastermind or I forget what it's called, you know? Something like that. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure. I think Your Social Voice is his brand. I'm not sure if it's changed. I haven't looked at it for a while, but really great guy. Yeah. And, and yeah. But you paid Kim. You paid Kim Barrett X amount. Ten years yeah, later, five grand a month, I think it was. Yeah. How much does that investment come around? A lot. <laughs> like, 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 what, what is? Is it a hundred X? Like, oh, fuck! I couldn't even tell you, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a massive amount. Haven't, haven't calculated it. Um, here's one thing that I can say though is that I worked with Kim for I can't remember how many months, and then here's what Jimmy did. Stupid. Um. I actually, I worked with Kim for a number of months and then I looked at it and I was like, Hey, I'm paying you $5,000 a month. And we're making this much. If I just run the same ads that you're running right now and I stop working with you, that means I'll make an extra $5,000 a month. Right? So fucking dumb because for the first month or two, I profited more. And then afterwards, guess what happened? I stopped what happened, James? sales. My ads stopped working. Things started going wrong. I started putting more attention into ads and forgetting about delivery and sales. Right? And so it ended up costing me more. And it was like the dumbest thing ever that I did. It is so, so stupid. And I see so many guys do this, particularly young guys. Learn from my mistake, right? I have made plenty of mistakes and I'm here to save you from making the same ones. When you find someone good who is making you money, keep paying them, right? And if you need to make more money, then make it so that they make you more money. Do it that way. Do not fire them just when you start getting good results. It's a terrible idea and will only end up costing you money. It's funny you say that, mate, because like in 2016, me and Mitch grew our first boot locate, bootcamp location to 508 members and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We had no idea. We had a massive ego. And I reached out to someone and said, hey, like, this is what I'm doing now. Like, can we improve it? Like we end up having three locations, 908 members at our absolute peak. And I knew fucking nothing, like nothing. It was perfect timing, good opportunity, good locations. But I wish, I wish so much. I reached out to Travis Jones at the time, had a great coaching program. I wish I reached out to Kim Barrett myself. I would have just exploded. I could have had 35 locations. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So, mate, speaking of mentors, like so Kim Barrett, who are some of your mentors been? Oh, shit. Um, 
Yeah, so start off with Kim Barrett. There's a bloke called Dave Rogers who was early on in the days. Um, that was a long time ago, man. That's like that's nearly a decade ago. I'm getting old, dude. Um, obviously, Rawdon Dubois and Jess Murphy, who mentored me on the actual knowledge side of things. I worked with a company called Clean Health, who were fantastic back in the day. They don't exist anymore, but it was a brilliant gym uh, out in Town Hall in Sydney. Um, uh, who else have I been mentored by? I just have to say, like recently, more recently, um, in in this marketing and sales space, uh, Charlie Valar catch up with a bloke called James Sackle every single week. Uh, Matt Ryder, so the guys from Sales Sniper, I learned a lot from them about the actual sales process and how not to be that hard nosed salesman. I used to be, I, I am very direct, I am very blunt. Fuck <laughs> you, would have been a bulldozer in 2015. Yeah, yeah, I was. I wasn't. I wasn't the best, and there's there's certain things I should have done better. Uh, understanding how to do sales effectively was huge. I've worked with Andrew Gosen, uh, AG, as you said, uh, Andrew Poulton. I've learned a lot from him as well, who's the other half of, of the Four Percent Club. Jeez, man, that's just a few rattling off the top of my head. But I've had a lot of mentors, a lot, and I still do to this day. I mean, I get a mentor for practically anything I want to get better at. Um, there's a dude, Larry Fingelson, who at the moment is, um, he's a strange kind of mentor in that he doesn't really have an official title, but he just keeps me calm. Um, I am a bulldozer and and I, I do a lot of stuff and I'm very impatient and he's kind of the yin to my yang. Um, I search for mentors all the time. Anytime that I want to be better or more effective, I go out and I find someone who has already done it because I want to stand on the shoulders of giants. I don't yeah. want to be that stupid trailblazer who maybe makes it, maybe doesn't. I want to be that person who gets there the fastest ever because I've just learned everything from the dude who's done it before. Why pave your own path when there's a road already built? Yeah. Well, I'll share a story, mate. Back in a couple of years ago, we, me and Mitch went online and we had 45 phone calls booked in one week and we had like 30 not show up. Like, fuck, how do I fix this inertia problem? You're like, Jamie, just go fucking join Systems by Design. <laughs> and I did. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I could have sat there for fucking weeks and weeks and weeks figuring out the, the system. Or AG said, mate, <laughs> thank you, Paige. <laughs> like, send these three messages. The next week, 41 out of those 45 calls showed up. Fucking That's unbelievable. And, and it was literally just like, here's this. Like, thank you. Or I could have split tested 25 things and worked it out six months later. Yeah. Not worth it. Opportunity cost is too big. Mm. And in regards to like, like I love, I love, I've never actually worked with Matt or any of the sales numbers boys, but I love their podcast, love their content. What's your, what's your opinion on, I guess, the free mentors that we watch on YouTube versus having a paid mentor? And where do you see the difference in the value? This is All a big right. one. Let's, 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 think, let's think on this, okay? Why is somebody putting out content for free, right? Why are they doing that? Because <laughs> they want to buy something, yeah. right? Eventually, uh, I mean, Alex Hormozzi is the man on everybody's lips at the moment, dude. Super smart guy, right? Brilliant marketer, absolutely fantastic. And Mate, he used to use the word, "What's that?" I'm, I'm, I'm like a fatter, uglier version of Jim Walsh at the moment. That's what I'm <laughs> Don't be too kind to yourself or talk yourself yeah. up too much, Jamie. But um, uh, so Alex Hormozzi, is, 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 he's done extremely well and he used to use the tagline, I have nothing to sell you. And he was putting out as if his information 
is you know here to be free. He's nurturing you for the next couple of years, so that out of the people in the in his audience who have 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 you know bought his bought into his philosophy and do well, he'll partner with you and take thirty percent of your business. That's how he's doing it. So it's just a different sale. Every single person who's posting content wants to sell you something. Therefore, what they're going to do is they're going to do enough to help you, but not enough to make themselves redundant. That's what they're going to do. Uh, I mean, every piece of content that is ever created, it is there just purely to build trust, right? So it's not going to actually help you. It's not going to get you to where you need to be. It might move you a step forwards and it'll give you enough results to say, fuck, this is good. It'll change your way of thinking, change your philosophy. But it's not actually going to do anything for you. You won't get, I haven't met one person ever. Like I hang out with a lot of guys who are making, you know, seven, eight, nine figures. And I haven't met one of them who lives off free content. In fact, the wealthier people get, the less content they watch. So for example, I don't watch YouTube anymore. I don't watch, I don't subscribe to any of these people. I'm not actually on social media unless I'm messaging and replying to my own stuff. I don't consume it because when I want to go and find someone to help me with something, I make a few calls, I find out who's the best person in the world to go and learn from and I go learn from them and I pay them happily. Why? Because it saves me so much time. A great way to explain free content is it's they give you information that isn't in the correct order. So, like, for example, it would be like, here's this thank you page to fix your no-show problem, and then the gym owner with the shiny new object says, I'm going to build a thank you page when, like, you've got zero leads. Yeah. So sometimes watching content can be dangerous. The best example I can give you, mate, is, like, I was coaching a guy, and he professed his love for Alex Hermosa. I'm like, well, mate, like, <laughs> slow down a bit. Join the club. <laughs> yeah, join the club, yeah. And, and this is this blew me away. This is the uh, motivation porn. Uh, I'll call it motivation porn. And I said, like, okay, man, have you heard of the term client finance acquisition? He's like, nah, mate, what's that? And I'm like, like, you call yourself a fan of Alex Homosi. <laughs> like, every single fucking business he built was based on client finance acquisition. So, like, you might love Alex Homosi, but what are you actually watching? Like, what are you consuming? And then what are you executing after you watch that content? Yeah. And that is why you should just pay someone because they'll keep you accountable. They'll know exactly where you are in that sequence. Say, hey, fix that hole first. That is such a good point, man. And I haven't actually thought of that way. The sequence and the timing is so incredibly important. Um, I have seen many businesses come unstuck with this because the most important thing when you're running a business is not, it's not, it's, it's not how you fix something. It's what you choose to fix first. There are always holes in your business. There's always stuff that's going to be breaking. What do you pay attention to? Whereabouts in your business are you lacking? Is it the fact you don't have enough leads or is it the fact that your sales process sucks, right? Like, which one is it? Because you go and get generic advice and you'll follow it and you'll have the world's best sales process, but your leads are still shit. And you're wondering, why isn't this working, right? I can, give you, I can give you the typical gym owner story, mate. So before we were doing done for you everything, we were doing like an agency model, just giving gym owners leads. Jamie, I'm an excellent salesperson. I'm the king at sales. I just need more leads. Here's 50 leads. Jamie, none of them are picking up the phone. Here's how to fix the no-show sequence. Jamie, these leads are shit. <laughs> so this person think they had a lead issue, but they had a fucking say, they had an everything issue, right? Like they think they've got one issue. It just unravels another issue, unravels another issue, unravels another issue. And the, the, the sad part is, is once you determine that like your entire system is broken, that's when they can kind of reflect, okay, well, like maybe I do need help. Maybe I need to stop watching Alex and Mosey videos and just pay someone 
who can help me navigate this exact journey. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. So mate, I don't I don't like I don't like the M word, the mindset word. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. What, how do you how do you feel like you, you know a lot of business owners, right? Short of paying the mentors, how does mindset come into it? How does their mental approach come into it? I, I put it as there's two things. Number one, why are you doing this? What's your reason for doing it? And number two, what are your standards, right? So if we look at it, human beings will only do something to run away from pain or towards pleasure. So what's the pain that you're running from? What's the pleasure you're running towards and, and, and looking to get? If we look at your pain, is your pain that your gym will go bust and you'll have to suffer the shame and humiliation of going bankrupt? And let's be real. Everyone says there's no shame and humiliation in going bankrupt. There fucking is. Man, right? COVID, was the, COVID, COVID was the easy out, man, to close your business and just it's not and not feel that shame. 100% man and I think still you even feel that shame because it's a failure and us as business owners fuck I sure as shit do it's like you judge yourself on that and as much as it may not be rational to feel that way you still do right yeah so is that the thing is that the burning building is that the fear that is pushing you forwards I always use the analogy of the burning building versus the ice cream truck have you ever seen a fat kid you know Jamie a few months ago we seen you run towards the ice cream truck Lisa has got some nice ice cream mate. yeah good ice cream there's like yeah you kind of run kind of quick but we put a burning building and you're inside that burning building and you got to get out you run really really fast and that's the difference between running towards an ice cream truck running towards pleasure in the burning building the burning building is going to drive you fast. What's the real fear? But at the end of it, you also want to have something nice too. So is it the fact that you'll be able to send your kids to private school and give them an education you never have? Is it that you'll be able to make it so your wife doesn't have to work or your husband doesn't have to work? Is it you'll be able to have that nice house? What are the things you're going to get from it? So first of all is looking at why you're doing this and knowing your motivations. Then the next thing after this is understanding your standards. Some people will say, I really don't want to go bankrupt and then I say, oh, but fuck, I just don't want to do sales calls. I don't want to call my leads. I don't want to do, I don't want to pay for this. It's too hard. Maybe going bankrupt isn't that bad. And the standards are very, very low, right? And if that's you, cool. Like if your standards are low, expect to get the results of somebody with low standards. Or if you're someone who is extraordinarily high on standards, which is what I always endeavor to be, uh, you will say that is absolutely fucking unacceptable. I will be working until 2 a.m. this morning and sure as shit, I'll be up again at 4 a.m. tomorrow to make sure I get everything that I need done because it's really about what will you accept and what you, won't you accept. And that's where it comes back into your into the results that you'll actually see. What's the reason for why you're doing everything and what standards are you willing to accept? I'll share with you my burning building. I'm not sure if I ever told you this. So my first job out of high school, I worked for Centrelink. Literally, I was in a Centrelink call center. Um, I work with the family's assistance office, gym owners, in help with childcare rebate. I'm your man. But I fucking hated this job. Like I was, mm. I'm not going to, no, I was, I, I don't like the D word, but I was very down for a long period of time because I just fucking hated every, like every day of my life, hated it. I was at the gym with Mitch three years later and said, fuck, mate, I hate this fucking job. <laughs> and the second I said it out loud and birthed those words, I knew I had to make a change. And my irrational fear, it's so fucking irrational, but it still keeps me up at night, is like, what if the gyms fail? What if FBC fails? And what if I end up back in that fucking call center? And I've got friends there, love them to death, not a bad job. In fact, it's a good job for the right person. But I've got people there. I left February 9, 2012. They are still there on that fucking phone. And that is, that is my burning building. 
And I think people need to get clear about what is that fucking burning building and catastrophize it. Because uh, my identity is business owner. If I had to tell Ellen, my beautiful fiance, I failed at business, I'm going back to Stenlink, I would be fucking downright embarrassed. 100%. So would I. I totally get that. I'm right there with you on that fear. Fuck, I do not want to have to go and put on a suit one day. I don't want to have to have someone else tell me what to do. Fuck that. That would be the worst thing in the world. You're really big on performance coaching, mate. So let's say that someone hasn't actually sat down and almost wrote out, well, what is actually the worst case scenario? What is the best case scenario? How would you recommend someone gets clear on that, on, on, on their burning building? Get a coach. You can't do it by yourself. The reason being is because you can only, you only have the perspective that, that you have. It is very difficult to, to read the label from inside the bottle, Right. And so everything's very blurry when you're reading, when you're in your own life. You need someone who's outside the bottle to be able to look in and tell you exactly what's going on. Or what is the lay of the land? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you get so emotional over your own journey. <laughs> like it's just, it's very, very hard to be, be objective. The other thing about having a coach too is like when we were growing our gyms, I'd go home and tell Ellen things and I may have been speaking Arabic. Like she, they just don't get it, right? They just don't it's understand. Not her either. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, these fucking leads are coming in. Like, look at this cost per lead. She's like, Jamie, I don't give a fuck. Like, what are you talking about? I think that a lot of business owners put a lot of stress on their spouses by expecting them to understand and expecting them to care. This is your thing. It's not theirs. Soph has no idea of what I'm doing outside of like what she wants to know. So some things she'll be curious because we do a lot of cool shit. Some things she'll be curious of. She doesn't need to know most of it. Her job is to be an incredible mum, which she is amazing at. And that's all that she needs to know. And if she wants to know, she can ask. But it is not her job to listen to me fucking drivel on about my CPMs up by 20% this week <laughs> or so-and-so setter isn't doing their job or the salesperson has messed up this bit. It's not her job to do that. She's just here to be my wife and be an incredible mother to my children. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me about having a mentor, mate, not just mentor, just having cool fucking friends. For me, the biggest thing was, I think I always had the skills. It was more like what is actually possible. Mm. And when gym owners hear that you make millions a year, they're going to, they're going to say things like must be nice. Must be nice for James. <laughs> Enjoy staying broke if you say that. <laughs> yeah, so my, my, my biggest thing was like, and I, I've so, I, I love AP and AG and working for that company, it just, fucking blew my mind of what's actually possible and when you see people that make 10 15 20 million dollars you have to think well fuck like maybe i can earn ten thousand a month maybe it's not impossible and if other people are doing it and i'm not then it's your fucking fault like they have skills that you don't and if you can accept that and understand where is the bottleneck in your business if it's leads find a leads guy if it's automations find an automations guys if it's sales Find a sales guy and fix the problem. 100%. It's that easy. The most successful people on the planet are an amazingly adept at hiring people who are better than them at certain things to fix certain problems. Yeah. And, and, and the ones I've met, they're always really fucking humble. Because you realize really how dumb you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not smart. I'm, I'm not smart yeah. at all. I've just got a lot of smart people around me. What's that? It's a great quote. It's just like the more you learn about a topic, the re the more you realize you didn't know anything, anything to begin with. <laughs> totally. Totally. Cool. 
Well, mate, you've got an exciting new venture coming up that I want to discuss. Um, it's amazing for my entire profile, our Facebook group, and the and the 40 plus gyms that we work with, which is a company called WeFlex, mate. So this is your next project, wildly passionate. What is it? How does it work? Dude, WeFlex is a freaking incredible company. So I was um I was brought into WeFlex by a bloke called Tommy Trout, right? Tommy is the genius behind WeFlex. This guy is incredible. So Tommy's dad was autistic. He was actually one of the world's leading game designers. And he's done a whole heap of cool stuff, which is way too smart for me to understand. I don't get it. But he worked with all the big toy companies, all the big gaming companies. He used to manufacture all that stuff, like just brilliant, brilliant guy, heavily autistic. And um, uh, he had two kids, Tommy and his brother, Jack. Uh, and Jack's with autism. And, you know, to- Tommy um, is, I think, what, what they call neurotypical um, is, yeah. is the, the politically correct word. And, um, uh, and Tommy saw his dad die really young. I think he was in his 50s, his early 50s, if I remember correctly. And he saw his brother, Jack, going on the same way. Jack was massively overweight. And I, look, I won't tell too much of the story. Tommy should tell you, tell you this. But pretty much what, what Tommy talked to me about was that he wants to set up personal training for those with disability. And then at the same time, Tommy's also a PT. And he spent a lot of hours in the gym. And he saw how many PTs struggle to make ends meet, first of all, particularly when you're starting out. And the next thing is how much idle time you have throughout the middle of the day. And he looked at this and he said, well, hang on. We've got all these people who need PT right, who are disabled, right, who have funds because the NDIS is amazing. We have all these funds and we need, we have these PTs who need to work in these off-peak times. How do we match them and how do we make this? And that's essentially what WeFlex does. WeFlex gets people who want PT, people who are disabled, people who are, uh, we, they're our, our athletes, that's what we refer to them as. We want athletes, guys who uh, have not been given a shot, right? Uh, particularly people with autism, deaf, blind. That's where we work with a lot of, of, of people in those, those regions. And how do we give them a shot with a PT? And so what we do for the PTs is we make it so that they know how to coach these people. We have the world's best. We are number one in terms of educational stuff. So every PT who comes to us will be world-class educated in how to care for those with, with disability and how to train them at a really high level. So that's the first thing. The next thing is, Make it so that you're full with clients. You have every slot in your day that you want filled is filled with clients. And the cool thing about those with autism is, first of all, they are amazing with attention to detail, dude. Like, every the best clients. I've coached a number of guys with autism. I'm like, dude, I thought I was on a different level. They are on another level again, man, in terms of, of adherence and getting shit done, routine, bang on. They are the best clients, right? Yeah. But also the coolest thing is, man, it's like when someone, a regular client comes in and works with you, it's like, it's, it's fun, you know, it's fun working with that. Have you ever seen the appreciation on someone's face when you're the first person to speak to them normally that day, when you're yeah. the highlight of their day, their week, their month, their year, that feeling never fucking gets old. And that is what is so exciting about WeFlex is not only are we going to extend the lifespan of those with disabilities. We're aiming to extend it by three years. You know, the average person with a disability lives to about 52. That's what yeah, it was when yeah. I was asking. It's fucked up, man. I'm not sure if I shared this story. I actually grew up with a disabled auntie. Her name was yeah, Belle. You mentioned she, that, yeah. she, she had autism and she lived with us for like 10 years and she was 
an absolute hilarious person to live with. She used to piss my dad off so much, but it was so funny, man. Like little things like we go out and have dinner and she'd jump in the shower for half an hour. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, man, I, 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 I've seen, there's a, there's a gym across the road from Breakthrough Cardiff, Brendan Andrews, um, yeah, the Moose, they actually have a NDIS program. And mate, the way that the, their athletes look at them, they are their fucking superheroes. Yep. 100%. This is the, the most fun that you'll ever have coaching your whole entire life. It's, it's, it's different. That's all I can say. It is so different when this is someone's world and you are the peak of their day, week, month, year. Yeah. And, and with WeFlex, so the, I guess the concept behind this would be is like <laughs> when I was in the gym, someone asked, hey, Jamie, are you free? I'm free between 11 and 4, <laughs> like every gym owner on earth. <laughs> So the idea would be that if you've got your PT in the morning, your PT at night, as opposed to just doing nothing throughout the day, you register with WeFlex and they can go, here's 10 clients. Please take care of them. It's amazing, dude, because we get people who need to be trained paired with people who need to have more income and like more hours filled. I mean, who here, like let's say, let's go Jamie back a few years ago when you're first starting out. If I say, dude, I'm going to get you an extra 20 sessions a week, would you like that? And it's all in off-peak times as well throughout the middle of the day when you couldn't be working anyway. Would, you, would that be helpful? Yeah, 100%. 2015, I would have loved it. Yeah? Would you like that just dropped on your lap? It is the best yeah. thing ever. And then not only are you getting financially rewarded, your soul is getting rewarded. It's like you're getting that your wallet is getting nourished and then also you, your heart is getting nourished too. It's the yeah. best. I didn't realize how big NDIS funding was. I've got a good friend uh, whose daughter's autistic uh, and they get like a hundred thousand a year for their child to take them to physiotherapy, personal training, child psychologist. There is so much funding there and so much funding available. And if we strip it all back to why we got in the fitness industry to this day, yes, I love marketing. Yes, I love sales, but it's a product. I still love fucking helping people. And if you're a trainer and you want to help people, who cares about the girl that wants to lose half a kilo of body weight to look better in the right lighting Sunday morning versus literally like changing someone's day, week life? Can you imagine, right, if you got one of your clients and you've been working with them for the last 30 years? Because guys like this and who, who, who are like WeFlex athletes generally work with you for a very long time. A lot of them have been trained like for, for our, like Tommy, our founder, has been training people for years, years and years and years. Can you imagine when they get past that 52 when most people expected them to die and you get them and every day after that, that is all because of what you've done with them in your coaching with them. That is a fucking unreal yeah. feeling. Well, I saw my auntie and she died literally like in her early 50s. Like she met the life expectancy and she went downhill so fast. And from like, I was probably four to 14. And she, when I my, my vivid memory, I was four. She was fully capable, fully physical. And then just within like a matter of months, she just declined. But she was really, 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 really overweight. And my mum, my her sister was a carer. I'm not sure she was actually aware that these services actually existed. My parents were dirt poor. They wouldn't have been able to afford it. The disability pension wouldn't have covered it. But the NDIS funding would have. Yeah, and that's the thing. Most people, there's, there's a couple of things, a couple of big gaps. Is Number one is that carers don't know that it's available. And then number two is... There's not enough, like where WeFlex is the only, it's a very new company and we are the world leaders in education for it. Very few PTs actually know how to coach these guys effectively. 
we can get you ramped up in a few days, right? If you just learn it, like it's actually not hard. Going back to the whole mentoring thing, if you try and do this by yourself, you can be wandering on for the next 10 years trying to figure out how to train someone with disability because it's not easy to figure out. Tommy, remember, Tommy, who founded all this stuff, he lived his whole life growing up with people with autism. So he understands it and worked around people with disability for years. You can try and figure that out, fuck your reputation up, and nobody ever wants to work with you again. Or you just come and work with WeFlex. We train you, we teach you, we give you the best of the best. We give you all the clients as well. You get everything laid on your lap. And the big thing that's been missing for so long and the reason why there is still people who are dying too young with disability is because WeFlex didn't exist. And now it does. And that's why I would love to see, fuck, I'd love to see people with the, the, the average life expectancy go from 50 in the early 50s up to 60. How fucking great would that be? And I'm 100% confident that WeFlex can do that. 100%. I just, I, I just love win-win. So what you're saying is personal trainers register with Reflex in a certain area. WeFlex says, hey, we've got X number of clients. Can you please fulfill them? Here you go. Here's the money. Yes, and it's deposited into your bank account straight away. You don't have to fuck with NDIS. You don't have to muck around with any admin, nothing like that. You rock up, do your session, get paid, and you give someone an incredible life. So trainees used to always complain that physios get referrals from doctors. And this is a great analogy. Like WeFlex will give you referrals to take care of their patients and train you on how to how to work with them. Yeah. You don't have to so do anything. Yeah, if you're a trainer, you're struggling with your off-peak hours, and I would definitely pop your details down with WeFlex. It's free, and you will absolutely get more clients. Yeah, just type in WeFlex on Google or type in WeFlex for fitness professionals, right? And that'll take you directly to the page. You can pop in your information that you pop in in, 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 in the like the, the web form. We'll give you a call. You can answer all your questions. We've got shitloads of information there for you anyway if you do have any questions. And we'll guide you through on how to do this and get you set up. I think you have a client, don't you, Jamie, that you work with currently who's, who, who has a, a bunch of WeFlex clients. Is that right? We do. Yeah, yeah. So one of our gyms uh, in Penrith Sharper Fitness, he said, Jamie, like I said, like I said, I said, like, can you handle any business throughout the day? He goes, he's absolutely jam-packed between 11 and 4. Yeah. Yeah. And well, my, my understanding is he's only, he's like the only one in Penrith registered. So he's getting all the clients. So if you have a location, get registered and be that go-to person in the area. Like effectively you can be first to market, which is really powerful. hundred percent guys. There are 500,000 people on NDIS, right? We have a waiting list. Can you imagine if your gym had a waiting list, right? We have a waiting list and every single day it grows because we don't have enough PTs to fulfill these people who want help. So hurry up and get on it because otherwise there's going to be people like Jamie's client who are going to take all of them because they're smarter and they're faster and they got onto this. When you sat on your ass and you didn't do something, all you have to do is fill in a form. Fill in the form, get it done. We'll get you a bunch of clients. You get paid, you change lives. And then together, collectively, we raise the life expectancy from 52 or wherever it is in the early 50s up to 60. Fuck yeah, win-win. Yeah, I, I just love win-wins, man. And that's such an amazing service for trainers because as we all know, like every trainer listening, it is not fucking easy to get a client at 3 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> 100%. But, but WeFlex can provide it. And especially like, like especially what, what an amazing opportunity for personal trainers coming out of the AIPT who, who want to get work experience, who yeah. don't want to go into a commercial gym and pay 200 bucks a week rent, who can just be yeah. given clients. Phenomenal. It's huge. It, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. There is no PT. Like if you don't have, if you're not registered with WeFlex, you have no excuse to ever complain about not having clients ever. 
that's a good point. <laughs> you're solving a major issue. PTs, when <laughs> if, you're, if you're a PT and you're open to working with autistic people, you will never, ever have a problem with clients ever again. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the coolest yeah. people in the world, man. Like, I, I fucking can say that. They're incredible. Really incredible. So uh, after Weflex, mate, obviously you got your beautiful daughter, just turned one, Layla, went to the zoo. Yeah. What, yeah. What's next for you, mate? What, what's, what's next for you? Dude, Weflex is 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 the big thing. Um, that's that's really where I see is is the next major thing. So with JCF, like we're already dominating with what we're doing, and um, we have such a capable team in store there, and it's it's just a phenomenal business. And then we have yeah, Weflex um, is is on the up and it's growing rapidly. Um, and so I'm just gonna that's that's where my blo- my my focus is. I just want to make sure that. These two businesses, JCF, obviously we help men like really, number one, we help a lot of guys who are just a bit lost in life. They don't know where they're going, what they're doing. They don't have the same motivational drive or energy that they used to help them get that back. And that's fucking incredible. I love that. And then WeFlex, obviously raising the life expectancy from, from early fifties, from 52 up to 60, that'd be unreal. Um, that's all I want to focus on, man. I just want to make it so that we nail both of those things. And if I do that, man, shit, I can die a happy man because I've solved two of the world's largest problems. That's pretty epic. That's really cool, man. And it all started from just IFBB Pro, having an amazing product, working with mentors, growing a business. And I think for you, mate, the most important thing, whether it's JCF or WeFlex, you put yourself in the position to actually choose what you want to do. And at, at the core of why I started the business, it was I wanted to have a choice, which is why I think all business owners start businesses and most of them would be better off with a job and, and, they, wouldn't be and they wouldn't be complaining to their partner. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, man, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been a good friend to me and I'm looking forward to, by the way, James is coming to my Bucks party. Going to have to give him some gluten, give him some dairy, give him a few drinks. Here's your right dance. We'll have some fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. Right. Really See you, cool. mate. Bye. See you, bro. One second, mate. We're still on here. <laughs> I'll, crop, I'll crop this. How do you turn it off? Oh, good. Hey, mate, how are you? Hey, mate, how'd you go? Yeah, good. End of the broadcast nicely. Yeah, fantastic. Mate, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, mate. I just, like, just, I think that with podcasts, just fucking be yourself. Fucking swear, carry on. People like you, great. If they don't, who cares? Yeah. 